Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And it sounds like a broken record talking about this uh, 2021 Vikings club. Um, (laughs) So many games coming all the way down to the wire, and for the most part anyway, sitting at three and five. They've ended up on the short end of the stick. Now, this one, no surprise as far as the outcome. Like we said, we both kind of picked Baltimore by three or four points, and, you know, that's how it turned out. Um, It's just the ongoing, okay, the offense is playing great. Defense, not so great. Offense playing horrible. Defense is standing up. Um, A little bit of both in this game. Um, Just so many freaking plays. (laughs) Especially in the second half, some of this yardage stuff as far as being outgained or even 36 to 13 advantage for first downs. You just don't see that stuff. It's it's crazy. So lately we've been basically kind of blaming the, the offense mostly for, for obvious reasons. This one, the defense got in on the fun a little bit here and, and said, hey, we got our issues too. Don't forget about us. So. We are going to recap some of this stuff here, go over a lot of the same talking points with a little mix in there, you know, get some of this, uh, some of this stuff off of our chest. You know, you gotta, you gotta let it out as a Vikings fan. Um, man, when that kickoff happened though, it felt good. It was like, we got, okay, two score lead. Here we go. But of course they fell short proceeded to give up three touchdowns after. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this game. We're going to talk about next week. We're on the road again. And if you've listened to this show before, you know that we end the, uh, the show with the Gopher segment. And the Gopher football squad, unfortunately, dropped a game. So we talked about double dips before, right? Double dip and meaning the Vikes and the Gophers uh, get the victory. And this was a double dip on the other side of it. Gophers still, you know, have their path laid out for them. Uh, because the Big Ten West, is, there's three teams all tied up. So um, they're not done done, but that one hurt. That one definitely hurt. So we're going to get into all this stuff at Iowa it is the next game for the Gophers. Um, so we're going to get into this in just a moment. If this is your first time listening to this Vikings podcast, you can find it in a variety of places. It does stream live or yeah, live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio um but you know you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it but download the show directly there you can uh, go to other places as well the, the rope dope radio podcast is on apple podcast i have radio player fm tune in we're also part of the grueling true sports podcast network uh while you're at it why don't you head on over to the grueling truth.com and aaron set up a living in loserville spricker page and once again i'll repeat for those who some really like the catchiness and the funniness um, and get the joke living in Loserville, some some really just go right against it. Well, here we are with the double dip of losses, so don't get too mad at us. But the Spricker page is living in Loserville. Okay, of course there's Vikings and you know eventually Gophers and Timberwolves stuff. Once we get into the winter and what and whatnot, he also has some other podcasts you might be into as well um and one more thing 
If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got some for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract, no hidden fees. And if you upgrade to Choice or Ultimate Packages, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which has become you know, more and more of a problem. And then if you go up to Premier Package, you get HBO Max and Showtime included in your subscription. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in my esteemed co-host, Aaron. How's it going, man? How are we doing on this fine Monday night? Well, it's not so bad, I considering the last weekend of football. And, you know, speaking about living in Loserville, that's the name of our basketball show we get into later in the winter. And the Wolves are even joining in on the party, too. So it's it's kind of all around here. They started off hot, and now it's, you know, a little bit of weird losses for them, too. So it seems like it's stacking up to be a, a fun winter. And, uh, you know, why can't we have nice things? <laughs> Let's not even go into the Wolves and stuff. Gophers, this land of misfit toys that is the Gophers roster, because all these guys left. I feel bad for the coaches. <laughs> Uh, that had to deal with that, man. Uh, but, yeah, that, that'll be January. Actually, that might be in February because we're still on the road to the Super Bowl. Okay, anyway, uh, right at the beginning of the game, we found out Harrison Smith is is out with the COVID. Um, Bradbury, we knew about it. He is vaccinated, so he does have a chance to come back next week as long as he, you know, tests uh, – negative whereas in Harrison Smith you have that 10-day same with the Rogers thing you have the 10-day thing so he is going to be out next week as well um kind of interesting though the youngsters got a chance Mason Cole got a chance to play as well uh but Bynum looked pretty good so we'll get into some of that um but yeah man when you look at this game just right off the bat you know they had an 11 i mean these 11 play 18 play the, the amount of drives that talk about just grinding you down slowly but surely and kind of a west coast feel to it i guess jackson would be the steve young in that one where he makes just enough plays to move the sticks then they'll go deep on you then they'll run the hell out of the ball then they'll you know he'll just make some sort of improv play I thought we did pretty damn good with them actually in the in the first half before that last drive. Um, Jackson was six of fourteen last drive of the first half, I should say, six of fourteen for fifty six yards in a pick at thirty five yards rushing. So I mean, right there, that's pretty damn good, you know, at the end of the second quarter. And then he got loose on us, as did the uh, the running game in general. We'll get into that a little bit, but, um, you know, they got that field goal. There was that bad call, that horse collar, you know, bullshit call that would have been a turnover on downs or a turnover, whatever it would have, it would have happened. And it, it is crazy. We were just talking about it. You know, he literally had the number in his hand while they're telling us what the ruling is. It's just a classic, like, really dude. But then, and on a third down, yes, I said it, on a third down, you know, both of the biggest plays on offense this game were on third downs, which that's been an issue these last few weeks, especially 50-yard uh, touchdown pass to Jefferson, 7-3. to three. 
Uh, like I said, on a third and one, that 66-yard run. Uh, we had a nice third down conversion to, to Jefferson as well. Then we had a QB sneak. The longest drive of the year, Aaron, 94 yards. It's 14 to three. Um, so we, we got off to a good start and not just on the opening drive like we normally do. We go and score and then nothing happens after that. We followed it up with another drive. So I felt like, okay, you know, we, we're moving the ball. The run game's getting going. It felt pretty good early. Yeah, we're, you, you know, proverbial, uh, proverbially, we turned the corner. You thought everything was going well. You had, like you said, I thought we contained Jackson well enough. I mean, you're not going to stop the guy, but I thought the defensive line did a good job of, like, shrinking the pocket, keeping him inside. If he was going to squirt out, it was right up the middle and where your linebackers could handle it. It seemed like they had a lot of energy. Like you said, they got past the first drive. They scored. They went down, scored again, got another one. You're thinking, okay, maybe something's, you know, sunk in with these guys. And maybe we're going to, you know, have a pretty decent game here, you know. And uh, all things were good. He had a little bit of problems, I think, defensively. But he had some, you know, I think Bynum got a turnover in the first half. That might have been the first half, I think. And a heck of an interception. And you know, you start to think, well, these guys are playing good. We have a chance here in Baltimore. we got a nice little lead going. Let's try to keep it. And then again, the conservative bug just creeps in and holding on to a three-point lead, a seven-point lead, a 14-point lead, just anything, trying to run the ball into a brick wall with Madison. He got, I don't know how many rushing yards he got. You might want to look that up, but not very many. I mean, he was either going backwards or stopped right at the line. Cook burst out for a couple good runs. But for the most of it, they held the rundown, and there's just nothing we could seem to do about it uh, beyond that nice pass Cousins threw to Jefferson on a definite breakdown in coverage. Um, but it was nice to see that happen. Anyway, uh, we haven't seen a long ball for maybe since last season, so it was good to see that. Well, I guess we saw one with K.J. Osborne, and I think that was Cincinnati or no, it was Arizona. But – you know, a lot of things you hadn't seen all year, coupled with some of the things that you see every game. I don't know if we haven't seen a long ball, just that one in the whole year. But um, it's funny because we haven't been using our play action as, as much either. And that's usually where the long ball would come out of um, in our run. I can just remember the two. Well, like I said, we can look it up. But I'm, I'm thinking we attack deep, you know. But like you're saying touchdown long ball sure not just attack yeah okay um and it's funny too because here's another prime position and lately um you know the defense had played well up until this game but even when they had to you know they're, they're they don't have a ton of turnovers but these recent weeks they they started a little uptick in them and, and our offense is just not taking advantage of them whatsoever um you know we had like a nice 20 yard pickup from Osborne to get a first down. Um, I think there was a play in there that on one play, we had too much pressure, had to get rid of the ball. Another play cousins overthrew him that, which looked like it would have been a first down. Um, but like you said on that, um, on that, on that pick, great pick puts us right there. And it, it just, it, it just, like I said, the misfire and then the pressure. And it was like, Dude, we should have scored a touchdown there. We got it at like the, I don't know, inside the 20, that's for sure. Instead, it's 17 to 3. And I thought Cousins did a good job laying that out after the game, saying, really, that's an 11 point swing. 
because, you know, not even burning barely any clock anyway, we could have maybe taken a little bit off of that. But I wouldn't have mind taking anything off the clock if we just scored a touchdown there. But you got to take advantage of that, especially on the road in the last few games when we have gotten those. We scored, I think, one – I think that was at three points, maybe six points tops That's after uh, – yeah, it's just – you can't have that, and and it, and it turned out to be an 11-point spring right there because they came right back. I mean, to score four less points and then give them a touchdown, that's 11 points. So he said it exactly right. I'll say this, though. So you still kind of had that feeling of not quite closing the second quarter correctly, right? And that right. was 17-10. to 10. But then we had ourselves a 97-yard kickoff return from the speedy rookie. And I got to admit right there, I'm like, okay, dude, this is something different this time. Hold on now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, things that you don't usually see. It's, I think they put the stat up or the the last time there was a kick return for a touchdown of the Vikings is probably Cordero Patterson or something like that. And think how long he hasn't been on the team. And uh, I was impressed by the speed of Nwangu. Like, he just found a crease, and you knew no one was going to catch him. I think he's chased down by the kicker or something, so it wasn't that hard, but. You had to outrun some people, and that was very surprising. But like you said, it's that term of complimentary football that you just keep hearing from the Vikings. And uh, now the Gophers as well. Flex found that term and started using it. And, you know, you get the turnover. Don't let him find a term either. You'll hear it for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of it. You're getting four turnovers in the last two games. You got three points from it. Um, Field positions have varied, but – Obviously, turnover, don't, there weren't any shots taken. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of aggressive play that were being called in those situations, which everybody said it's another uh, cliche that the best time to take a shot is after a turnover. And you're just not seeing that. So I'm really confused, Chris, as to where we are with the offense. Because, like, you know, you want to say we talked a little bit about it, but didn't really go into it as. The players, well, we've got good players, proven players, and we've got, you know, the rookie offensive coordinator, and then we have Zimmer's input, and where does the, I don't want to say blame or the fault, but where does, where's the problem here? I can't really figure it out, and a lot of us are kind of doing the same thing. It's like, well, we can't pinpoint anything. It's probably a combination of all three, but... You know, you can't get four turnovers and get three points in two games expect to win. In fact, you lost a game where you won the turnover differential by two last game, and now you've turned the ball over again twice. You still lose the game. So this old-school way of running the football and playing good defense and getting turnovers is the way to win just hasn't worked out for them the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and of course we can pinpoint a bad th- throw or a drop ball or a free blitzer or just a bunch of dumb penalties, whether that's offense or defense, but especially on we're talking offense. But yeah, I mean, at this point it is starting to blend into to coaching, whether whatever the, the, the pie chart blame is for, like you said, Zimmer and his little talks in the rookie coordinator. It's just whatever it is, it's, it's, I understand not like going for the gusto all the time. You know, we get that. You're not going to do that all the time. And sometimes even a guy like McVay will be more conservative than people think. But you got to mix it up. And it can't be just, hey, man, we do need to score on this drive. Okay, let it loose. And 
and even and this is where it kind of turned into, um, you know, for the this is where it kind of turned into a def- defensive issue uh, as well because the Vikings, uh, you know, they had like a they gave up a ten play drive, uh, two unsportsmanlike penalties, uh, gave up another fourth down conversion. Actually, I think two of them, but one of them was like you know fourth and goal or whatever. But twenty four to seventeen, you know. Then we get the ball back, seven-play drive, and we got a punt. And, you know, we were able to overcome, I think it was uh, Jefferson offensive uh, pass interference. We got that first down. But then can you get another holding call and make it second and 20? That classic second and 20. That's not even first and 20. If you really put that into play, that that does make a difference, right? Because it's an extra down. Maybe you can get eight yards or whatever. And, you know, we just couldn't overcome it. And then they bounce right back. With 18 play drive, a few third down, and even uh, I think one or two fourth downs, it felt like. 10 minute drive, 18 plays, 24 to 24. And then here's where it's like when you said complimentary. Okay, so what are you going to do, Vikes? Oh, three and out. Then they score again on like a, you know, long seven play, four, four minute drive or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's 31 24, and there's not much time left. It's under three minutes or something like that. And then they're like, all right. Guess it's time to open up the offense. 10 play drive, 75 yards, touchdown, 31-31. It's just, it's just how many times can we unleash this game-tying or game-winning stuff at the end of regulation or in overtime, but then don't unleash it when we got when the when the game's tied or we're we're up a little bit. It just like you said, it, it, a lot of this is just a, it's just a broken record. It's frustrating and I think all of us are kind of asking the same questions, but I'm glad you brought up fourth downs for the defense. It's starting to get a little insulting. Uh, teams are just going on fourth down against us. It's like we they know we give up after third down. I think Baltimore went on a fourth and seven and got it. Uh, fourth and three, they're going for it. Fourth and one, they're going for it. And you're just like, as a defensive player, you got to say to yourself, man, they don't give a shit. They don't respect us at all. They just keep going on fourth down, and I think maybe that's disheartening, obviously, to the defense, and it just kind of breaks their will. And you're right, on that drive, they had them in fourth down twice. We had them in fourth down, and when the shitty horse collar tackle penalty came in, and it's like it's just a point to bring up is that I don't see teams – I mean, it's four down territory all over the field on this defense, and it just can't make them feel good about themselves, and they got to find a way to stop. I can't remember the last time they stopped on fourth down. I'm sure they did sometime this season, but – I can't remember it. It's just been an endless string of, I mean, someone's going to go on fourth and 13. In fact, I think we even gave up a fourth and 13 this season. It's just something's yeah, going on. Gave where, up a third and 17 on a screen pass or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Build thing is, is that 17 you, screen pass, baby. You're not upset about it anymore because you're just like, oh yeah. Okay. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what we do. First, second, you get them in fourth and 13, third and 13. You think, okay, this drive's done. But no screen pass or someone misses a tackle or Jackson's off the left side or something. It's just getting to a point where it's like you can't really expect a team to get off the field after third down at this point. They're just going for it. And for some reason, our defense just can't handle any kind of stops on fourth down. It just seems to be a trend. Yeah, and, and that's why we, of course, we started with offense as far as the the, the complaining or not just critique, whatever you want to say. But let's not leave, like we said, right? Like we can't leave out the defense in this one. I mean, just 36 first downs to 13. I mean, 
46 minutes to 23 minutes. You know, it's just three straight touchdown drives when you're up by two touchdowns going into that. Now, sure, it would have been nice not to three and out one of those drives, but when you only get the ball three times in a whole half, that's not a whole, you know, a whole lot either. Um, so it's it's crazy. Like I said, eight penalties, 170 yards, or yeah, 107 yards, four resulting in first downs. It, it, it was, when you give up 200, and this is another one, when you give up 247 rushing yards, mm. They, they ran the ball, Aaron, 45 times, but still threw the ball 41 times. That's how much, That's how long they had the damn thing. And you're looking, well, 27 to 41 for under 300 yards. That's pretty good. Like, you can't really complain about that. The, the, the 247 rushing yards is what gets you. Out game 500, 500 to 318. I mean, it was just it – was, it was ugly. It was ugly. Um but Bynum, like we said, played pretty good. That's nice to know, you know, one of these youngsters, you know, are are there, right, for depth and, and just whatever. We don't know if we're going to be able to sign Xavier Woods if somebody overpays them or something like that because they, you know, saw what they like on tape. But, you know, we've been talking about the defense, so let's go back to that offense. Mason Cole came in and didn't get abused. Um should we just go with Mason Cole here at center and just give it a whirl? Or at least if you want to bring Bradbury, you know, Bradbury back because, you know, he's the center and the calls and all that. Okay. Maybe Mason Cole at right guard instead of Udo. Like, is it time to say, Hey, we're three and five. Um, you can't switch up everything. I, I thought they said that someone asked him Zimmer today. And I thought they, they made a good point, And so did he like, well, we're so close in the games, you're not going to switch everything out of nowhere because obviously you're right there knocking at the door, but you got to make those, you know, somewhat aggressive changes at times. Is it time to maybe start going back to work on this interior offensive line that we've loved so much the last few years? I don't know. I mean, part to me says, yeah, you know, if you got a better player or some or better situation, then go ahead and do it. But then at the same time, you got to think, about continuity. I mean, now you've added Derisaw in, who seems to be playing pretty well. Um, Udo's had a few bad games. Um, Bradbury and Cole, that situation is like, well, sooner or later the book's going to go out on Cole, and, you know, he's going to have his problems too. Would I do it? Yes, I would definitely put Mason Cole in just until he proves that he's not an upgrade on Bradbury. And then you have Bradbury in case, you know, Cole's is not what we thought he was. But, you know, again, all these changes, like you said, you can't really – I mean, I don't like the fact that he said we're barely losing and that's why because the reason why you're losing is sort of, you know, due to that. But, you know, offensively, you got to look at Delvin Cook and say, well, he's used to getting holes and he's not getting them. And when he does, he generally takes advantage of them. I don't think he's 100%. I think he's probably about 85% here. Just some of the – he could have got – you know, away from some of those tackles yesterday, I think if he was a hundred percent and he didn't really. Um, so you got to think what's best for your offense. I mean, pass protection is one thing, but also if you're going to lean on running the ball, then you should probably have some, some guys that can run block in there. And it just doesn't seem like we have a full complementary of offensive linemen that are going to work, you know, going forward into the future. Like we joked about it off air, but you know, this converting tackles into guards thing and, I think even when Udo went out, we think it was Brandell that came in. He was he's another tackle that's a guard now, 
or at least played guard yesterday. It's like, is this some sort of plan? Are we being innovative on the offensive line or something? Or we just can't draft quarterbacks and guards and now cornerbacks to save our life. It's a very interesting situation we have here offensively because I do believe we have the skill position players. And I think Kirk is part of that. Um, I just don't, and I hate to throw it all on the offensive line, but if it's not the skill position players, then it has to be the offensive line. And if it's not the offensive line, then it has to be the coordinator. Exactly. And, you know, we all kind of were a little dubious about Kubiak going into the season after those fine preseason performances that they laid out there. But I think we're starting to see a little bit more coming down the road about what experience gives you at the coordinator position. And you've seen this before, you know how to react. And I think a lot of that is missing with Kubiak. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him because I don't really know how he got the job in the first place. I've got my own questions about that, but you know, you, you can't expect him well, to we have. we know how he got the job. <laughs> right. You can't expect him to have, a, you know, a good grasp of all the little nuances his first time at it. And and so that goes back to, you know, who hired the guy and, you know, was he the best fit? Could you have gone outside and found somebody best? I think you probably could have. And I think we're just kind of dealing with that. I know the offense is very frustrated internally, but I'm wondering where that's pointed. And they never really get to it in press conferences and nobody really straight up asks the question. And so you don't really know what Thielen's thinking, what Jefferson's thinking, what Cousins is thinking. And Cousins obviously isn't going to tell you the truth. He's going to sugarcoat it and praise Kubiak just because that's his job to do so. But I really think that well, they that all do is, that. To be fair, not just Cousins. Right. They and I just that. think that that's the cause of it is that, you know, you've – you got a guy over his head at offensive coordinator and until you do something about that, I mean, obviously if, if protections aren't being changed at the line or if you're so vanilla that you're easily readable, I mean, these are all things that a coordinator should be dealing with. And it just doesn't seem like those little nuances are being dealt with. Yeah. And it's about putting your, your players in the right position, right? So, okay. Then we, we haven't been doing play action, but some of it, I get some of it. I don't. Um, it's funny because last year people were complaining we were doing too much, and now people are calling for it again. Um, but there has to be some kind of in-between there. I, I do have to say that. Um, also, okay, then three-step drop, dude. You can do a three-step drop and still throw the ball 30 times then, or, or 30 yards or 25 yards. The three-step drop, okay, let's just make quick things then. They Duncan dinked us all over the place in that game. So was other other – it hasn't been all explosive stuff beyond those first couple of weeks, you know? So we get dinked and dumped all freaking day long. It's working for the opposite team. So we got to mix in some sort of, hey, let's go get six yards on this play. Let's go do this or, or whatever. And it's funny because the first handful of games, we were still kind of like looking, all right, well, let's see how Kubiak does. You know, it's a long season, but it did look really good. And maybe that was just, we had all this off season stuff. We had all this training camp stuff. And we kind of were like, yeah, these are the good things we're good at, man. You know, and you could tell when we scrimped up the stuff, we're obviously good at it, right? We've been practicing it, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, those other adjustments, you can't call pops and be like, hey, man, it's deep in the third quarter. What play should I, you know, it's, it's there is something to do with that. And maybe it is, like you said, you said it perfect with the over the head. It's not even his fault sometimes, you know. I mean, maybe it is his fault some, you know, a good chunk of time. 
but in the, in the same breath, beyond the talks with Zimmer that they have on the sidelines during timeouts and whatnot, and just overall theme and scheme and all that, it's just it's just uh, it's just a mixture of uh, blame to go around, and, and sometimes you can fault them, and sometimes you can't because he's a first year guy. What what would you expect out of it? I mean. Um, I really like how you pointed that out. Um, any other items before we get to this at San Diego Chargers game here, sir? Well, no, just a duck here. coming back? Yes. When's Pierce coming back? I'm yeah. sorry. No, um, I mean. What happened? He, that happened in practice, Aaron. That tweet yeah. happened in practice. What's going yeah. on? Well, it's another, you know, like, like you just said, it's another tweak. And so you can't read what that is. And, you know, at this point, it's like if you need surgery, just go get the surgery. I'm not. You know, if you're milking it, trying to think you're going to get him back and then he's just going to re-injure it. It's like, what's the point? If you need surgery, go get surgery and, and be a little bit more upfront about it because it means an awful lot right now with Hunter out. I mean, Willick has played all right and still haven't seen my man Jones yet. I'm really high on him, but he got in. He got in it for eight plays, though. But then you don't, you know, Patterson doesn't say anything about that either. Just everything is so tight lipped and insular and you can't get anything out of these guys as to even players like, you know, Bynum came in, like you said, he played pretty well. Um, We didn't hear anything about him before that. Like, hey, he's coming up or maybe he deserves some reps. I know you got Harrison there, but, you know, Harrison gets winded, too. So why don't you throw Bynum in if he's doing that well in practice and listening to his interview? seems like he's ready to go every game and. I don't know. It just seems really a swirl of uncomfortable and strange events going on around a TCO performance center. So something's going to break here, either good or bad. I don't know which way, but you really hope they go on a run. But at this point, you know, I'm starting to really stick to my preseason prediction of five wins and, you know, maybe six and, it just doesn't seem like it's going to go because sooner or later you can't just keep losing by three and expect this team to be, you know, charged up for the next game. It just doesn't seem to be that we even Kendricks of all people is starting to, you know, hang his head a little bit and just go, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So uh, there needs to be some winning done and it needs to come soon before uh, the proverbial wheels fall off uh, this whole thing. And that just leads to the end of, of everything. And, you know, yeah, you'll get the high draft pick, but depends on what you what you want to do with it and who's going to make the pick. And, and then we're into a whole another myriad of conversations that we might not want to go down right now. But no, we don't. We don't. But I'm glad that you said that, because that's another layer where you're like. And I actually had this written down, too, like, dude, at some point, it's just it's human nature. You're going to fall off. You're going to get so. You can't have this many close games, and sure, we won like two of them, but like you can't have this many close games and still be 100% not affected from it. I don't care how mentally strong you are. It's just, like I said, human nature, and you're already starting to look at, you know, basically all the skilled players and cousins at times during the game going, dude, let's fucking chuck the ball, dude. What are we doing here? You know, like it, it does have that vibe, and, and it's not like, oh, everybody's turning on each other. They do, uh, you know, they're obviously coming back with spirit, right? But it's, yeah, I mean, at some point there is a breaking point, and, and that's just historical facts. They're watching sports, no matter what sport. It, it, it'll just wear your ass down, and then you'll put up a performance out of nowhere. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah, we finally got our ass kicked there. And maybe that's what, you know, all of a sudden comes through. But, yeah, how many more times can you do it? At 
Chargers now. Another tough game. Three and five, five and three. Um, their defense, you know, giving up 25 points isn't all that. They do give up a ton. We, you know, we give up some rushing yards, right? 136.6, but they give up 161. So um, if we're not able to run the ball, you know, for like a buck 25, buck 50, um, throughout the game, I'm not saying Cook has to go for 150. But, well, first of all, we probably won't win. But second of all, like, we, we have to do that, man. We really have to do that. And I am stuck on how not how this not necessarily how this game is going to play out because shit, probably going to play out like a, a, a lot of them have. But the the it's actually very equally matched up. I mean, even total yards, dude, three ninety three point eight to three ninety six point three. Like this thing is a tough ass, tight ass matchup. The over under is fifty one point five. We're only a two and a half point underdog on the road, you know, coming off two straight losses. So, you know, part of me really wants to say we're going to get over the top, but in the same breath, you know, if Pierce is gone another week, you know, that that adds to it. Speaking of stopping the run, something that we really haven't done, you know, a whole lot of. Now, they do have a fair, you know, some some injuries as well. Don't get me wrong. But I <laughs> – it's so hard to predict a win in this scenario. You know, I mean, it really is like I have written down, um, 26, 23, and it literally could go either way. And just for, I don't know, being a fan, I guess, you know, we like to look at this stuff realistically. We don't like to get too over the top happy as a fan, but also don't get, too negative as a fan where you're showing like you're starting to spill over your emotion as a fan and start to kick rocks and you want to take your ball, you know, you're the game, the ball home and uh, quitting the game. This sucks. And everybody fire everyone right now. Like you see a lot on, on Twitter and Facebook groups, Vikings, Facebook groups, and obviously actually on 1500 in many other places. Um, we went over that last week, like Zimmer firing Zimmer, you know, seven games in is really going to do a whole lot anyway um, because you get that jump start, you know. Um, But for some odd reason, and I I honestly don't know why, I'm going to pick the Vikings 26-23. But in the same breath, much like you said, this could all of a sudden be one of those games that we just get our ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you as far as, you know, not really knowing where to put my finger on this. It's you know, there's a scenario where your defense goes in and a young quarterback, you go in and you confuse him and you manage to shut him down. But then there's a scenario where he's seen all that and he's very talented and you're missing Harrison Smith and you're missing probably Breland at this point. We don't know if he's coming back. You're missing. You got Cam Dancer on the other side. So young corners, young secondary, um, Pretty good receivers for the Chargers. It could get ugly, and it could get ugly pretty fast. Um, you want to pin your hopes on this defense thinking that, you know, maybe you get Pierce back or maybe you find a rush, a pass rush that might help all that stuff. But I just, without Pierce or even with Pierce, I just don't see the kind of pressure coming from the squad that you're going to need to get uh, to, you know, stop Herbert and those receivers. I, I think – we lose this game. I don't know if it's a, a blowout, Chris. I, I think pride right now is what the Vikings are rolling on, and I think there's a lot of pride there, and I think 
managed to keep it fairly close. Um, I don't think it's going to be 14 plus points for the win. I, I think you're looking at something like a, a 10 point win, a seven point win for the chargers. And then really hard, difficult questions are going to start raising. I mean, a lot of them already are, but I mean, a very serious intent on answering those questions from the Wilfs and from the media. It's going to start getting pretty ugly around here for Zimmer if uh, what I think happens uh, actually does happen. I think it'd get even worse if, if we got blown out because it'd be like, all right, dude, we weren't even in that game now. Well, it is anyway. Shit, they were calling it for even the, the Lions game when we won, you know. Um, or even, you know, if we lost, that you have to fire him if you lose that game. And to me at that time, I think that – to me, that's just emotion as a fan. Um, yeah, doesn't I mean, mean – we doesn't mean you can't fire him at the end of the season sure. with a game left. But to do it then, it just – we kind of already went over that. But yeah, I don't trust – It doesn't make any sense. I don't trust – I mean, tell me where you are with this, but I just – Let's say you got to go toe to toe with with the Chargers, with Eckler and with Herbert. Do you trust Cousins can keep up with points? Let's say offense turns a corner and, and you're going. Well, it's, yeah, it's not Cousins though. It's not Cousins you know, that needs points. The offense has to. Okay, well, can you throw the ball you think our offense can keep up. Let's say both offenses are at high octane. I just I don't see us being able to keep up with them offensively, the way we've been playing with penalties and false starts and just the weird crap that's been going on for the majority no, of the I, season. I, no, I, just, I, don't, I just don't see I don't us being so. able to, I see us getting in our own way and not allowing that to happen. Yeah. It could be 33 to 25 or 27 and you, you score a great deal, but just not enough. I just, I don't see us winning in a shootout and I guess that's where I'm at right now. So let's say best case scenario, getting to one. I still don't, I still don't see a win there. Yeah. I got it going under. So um, of 55 and a half. I got a 26, 23. So I don't, I, I agree. I don't think we'd win a shootout. That's why I'm kind of stressing the run game. Cause if you give up 161 yards a game, you need to run on that team. And when we, most of the time when we can really run the ball, um, you know, more than likely it's not going to, cause we'll be holding the ball more. So much like Baltimore did to us, not to that extent, of course, but you can't really get that barely ever. But, um, you know, um, I, that's the only way I see it is just being able to have sustained drives. And it just me saying that kind of makes me chuckle <laughs> at times, you know, sustaining drive these last four weeks or whatever. Um, but like I said, when you have a, a defense that gives them that many yards rushing, you just got to find a way to do it. But as I mentioned, I'm not confident at all. I have no clue why I'm doing it. it just, it just, sometimes you go out on a limb. Um, some just like, the other way of just picking a blow it, I literally think it this one could be where we just, you know, the 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 last straw on the camel's back and we just kind of fall apart. But for some reason, I'm picking them 26, 23. Um, let's move to a little bit more disappointment, shall we? <laughs> um, man, you know, talk about we had a bad pick early um, turnover on downs fairly early. Um, lots of punts, missed field goal, um, just offense. The, the defense wasn't great. Definitely early. We get that. Now, one of them, you know, they did, they didn't have to go too far because there was a, uh, you know, an interception or whatever, but you know, we were moving the damn ball, but talk about three and outs and, you know, 
maybe you get going with the, like I'm looking at it right now, eight play, 30 yards. Here we go. No punt. Nope. Three and out, you know, missed field goal. It's just offensively, whether it was the offensive line, whether it was a young back, not picking up a blitz, whether it was, uh, you know, Morgan missing somebody, there was a couple drops, obviously losing autumn bell when you need to push a little bit more, uh, really hurts in the second half. The, the wide receiver room has just been all over the place when it comes to injuries. Um, but yeah, I thought media, you know, mediocre performance uh, from Morgan. I think that was pretty clear. I think uh, the coach even said that. Uh, of course, the player is going to say that, but I think even the coach said, yeah, he just didn't play that good. So overall, you know, they're a team that wants to, speaking of holding the ball, they're a team that wants to do a lot of what we do. Um, and they were able to do a lot of it. You know, they, they ran the ball for a buck 85, but on 48 attempts under four a yard, you know, four a carry, that's not freaking all that crazy. And um, they were only five of 12 on third down. Morals to the story. I, I really think that the defense played well enough and there were moments, plenty of moments where they could have went down there and at least put three points on the board. If anything, just, you know, move the ball to, to switch the time of possession or help that out. Not that that was a big issue, but just move the ball so we can, we can pin them back and help out our defense overall, just a, a stinker of a performance. And now we go back into what is like a four way tie or something like that. Wisconsin, Purdue, us and, uh, in Iowa, um, you know, it's still on the table, Aaron, but it is, it's hard to feel confident about it right now. It is. It's very difficult considering the fact that I really think not to sugarcoat that game at all. And even I think the Bowling Green game is kind of the same case is their defensive line kicked the crap out of our vaulted offensive line. And that was the difference in the game. I thought besides giving up the the quick 14, which you don't want to do, but that's all they gave up at the end of the day. Um, They being the defense offense couldn't do anything. I mean, they could move the ball, but when it came down to it and it was just mono, we mono, I think they got their tails whipped. And I've always, I've had some questions about this offensive line for most of the season. Um, Yes. They're bigger than they've been in the past. And, They've got a lot of depth, uh, but it just doesn't seem like they have the component. And now the component being, you know, just dogged grit, you know, and I think that's how they got beat this time is just somebody wanted it more. And then these guys weren't prepared to defend it. And now you got to look at an Iowa team that that's their bread and butter. And if you're going to let them beat you up, they will beat you up for 60 minutes. I mean, they will not stop punching you in the face. And I just don't think, This team, particularly that offensive line, responds very well to it throughout history. Now, obviously, you can't put it all on that. Like you said, Morgan had a terrible game. And uh, some of those throws, I just don't know what he was thinking. Or, But he was under pressure, and he was starting to see ghosts. You could definitely see that. I think there was a play in the third quarter where he had plenty of time, but he just tucked it in and and went down. And you're like, what are you doing? But he was seeing pressure, particularly from that left tackle position. his blind side is just getting mauled over there. I think number 70, I don't know what his name is, but yeah, Schmitz, he, he got, he got it a couple times. You're right. Just got easily beat, easily beat. 
but that's something that they should deal with. And I just think, you know, with all this culture and these great kids that you're bringing in, maybe you need to get some tough kids. You know, I, I don't know. And I'm not saying that there aren't tough kids on the team, but there's just, there's not the dog in them that, that you see you're going to see in, in Iowa next week. And uh, I think that's really the difference now. Yeah, they're still in it. And I definitely have a little more faith in them than I do in the Vikings at the moment, but uh, there are some problems there. And I, a, lot, a team that knows what to look for, such as Bielema, who I've been saying all year is a good coach and I'm going to like what he does at Illinois. They got a good coach there. And I think they got out schemed and I think they got out outplayed and particularly defensive line against the offensive line. And I think that was the story of the game. Now I thought it would be the opposite. I thought we would do exactly what Illinois did to us. I knew it would be a low scoring game. So I had that right. But what I didn't have right was just, that left tackle problem. I mean, it just kept showing its face all day long and it just didn't help at all. Yeah. And like I said, the, the in and out of the game wide receiver stuff, that's been hurting us too, because it doesn't seem like Morgan necessarily trusts a lot of these guys. And to be fair, they, they have, you know, throughout the year anyway, had plenty of drops. So it's definitely not all Morgan. I don't think it's definitely all offensive line either. But I, I do – I could meet you halfway on some of that stuff. When you go to – like when you – like Iowa, you know, that dude's been there for a long, long time. So it's – we got to go through these guys to get to the conference final. Um, no doubt about it, Iowa and Wisconsin, it's tough to beat them both in one year. Um, this is a year, though, that we could have actually only beaten one of them and still made it if you really look at it, just even that Bowling Green. Or, or this last loss here, or, you know, that type of stuff would have helped our ranking as well. But it's funny, if they would have won this game, um, I don't know exactly how I would have predicted this, uh, because, you know, it, those second and longs, you know, on first, the first and second down was rough during that game. And when you go against Iowa, and we're going to have to go against Wisconsin, and the defense is even better for Wisconsin. So, you're going to have to make some pass plays. It just doesn't mean you got to go 50 yards in the air all the time. I'm sure you want to take some of those shots, and we have throughout the year, but we're going to have to pass the ball, and we're going to have to be somewhere in the, I'm not going to say for sure 30 attempts, just because, you know, who knows? You know, maybe we hit some some plays, and, and then we do get some running game going and whatnot. Um, but we're going to have to throw the ball in the first half, we're going to have to throw the ball up a decent amount. Mm. Now, their offense is garbage, too. And they lost their – they actually – he got hurt, their, their their quarterback who struggled, and then came back, got hurt in this last game, I believe, as well. I think he got hurt in that Wisconsin game. So we are dealing with a backup. I mean, that offense – you think our offense looked bad last week. Same with Iowa. Their offense is, is, is garbage, too. But who's going to put it all together in this game? And, you know, if we hadn't lost the Bowling Green – Maybe in the back of my head going into this game or even going to last week at seven and one, I would, I got to admit, I would have a different mentality on this because of how bad that offense is, you know? Um, but it, man, it's tough to, maybe it is this, this type of year that, that we're having in college football in general, where all of a sudden look at Wisconsin was looking horrible. And now these last few weeks, they just put up 50 points, which you thought no way could they do that this year because just the way they've looked. But 
I don't know. Maybe it is just this strange year where we're we're going to be able to beat Iowa. If we could beat Iowa, then all of a sudden you got that. Okay, here we go. This can happen now. It's just one game. We got a home game. We just got to play good in the red zone. It's the same same game almost. You got to play good in the red zone. You got to cause a turnover or two that's just a, at a key spot in the game, and then you can't have these, you know, um, loss of yards over and over again on first and second down. So I, I, I'm not picking them against Iowa this week, mm. um, but it's such a wacko year that who knows, maybe Wisconsin or Iowa does lose a game they shouldn't. And then all of a sudden we beat Wisconsin and we're in, you know, I, I really don't know, but it's just, it's hard for me to think that our offense is going to improve enough going against a tougher defense this week. Yeah. You nailed it right at the end there. I, Really liked our chances until I saw what I saw on Saturday, and now I really don't think there's a snowball's chance to beat Iowa. Um, now Fleck has gotten them geared up to play big games before, and uh, so like you said, it's possible that you can go down there and win, but I don't think you go down there and blow them out. Uh, I think it's possible that you go down there and get blown out. So you know, I, I, it's hard for me to pick the Gophers as well. I'm going to pick Iowa um, just for that reason, is I just don't think we're as tough as they are as hard as that is to say I just don't think we are and I think we're gonna get beat around pretty bad um so I'm gonna say we lose and we lose pretty decisively now I would love a victory please go down and beat Iowa but my brain's telling me that that's not gonna happen and just from looking at them and even you know you could say it's their defensive line but it's also their secondary is good they've been picking up balls all all week their linebackers are fast it's Iowa you know what you're gonna get and uh yeah offensively you're right they probably struggle a little bit but i think they're not going to struggle as bad as we are going to struggle offensively so you know i i think it'll be a decisive win by iowa and then we got to start talking about well then you have to beat wisconsin and you got to go and beat indiana and, and uh it changes things quite dramatically so let's hope that i'm wrong and we can go down there and get a surprise win in iowa well let's hope we're both wrong because i'm with you but the difference is like i hear your stuff on the toughness but honestly Iowa has been producing first-round picks on the offensive line and defensive line for a long time. So I I still think that a lot of these guys that we got, some of them were like, you know, there was two four-stars, one of them still starting. Um, but a lot of these guys weren't, you know, some guys that could come in and play right away or, or you, you, you know, besides uh, the big dude. But – I don't know. I think it's it takes a while to get to where you're just going to be that dominant offensive line. Um, it just does. And this is like our first wave where we're actually going to get some guys drafted. What was it? 2006 was a lot. And it was just one guy, too. 2006 was the last time we had a guy drafted. Not even first round, just drafted on offensive line. So I think it's somewhere in between. I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's just toughness. You know, because I think it's a little deeper than that. But, man, wouldn't that? Well, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you on most of all those points. I think that it is a talent thing, and they have a little bit more talent. But it's just hard for me to really look at that offensive line. And that defensive line, I guess our defensive line has improved to a point where it's like, okay, they're at least adequate Big Ten defensive line, and maybe a bit above that. But sure. our offensive line is just – it's kind of been 
sold as the bread and butter of this program. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case and you're starting to, you know, get players in there that are able to compete with the Ohio States and able to compete with the Michigan States and, and the Ohio States. And I think I already said Ohio State, but you know, the, the top yeah. team in this league, Michigan and so on, because Michigan kicked our tail on offensive lines tail last year badly. And so uh, uh, I think you're right about the progression here. And, and I, th- I think that's a good point. Um, but needless to say, we're not there yet. And I think that's probably the difference in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, you got to start bringing in the four stars originally and then grind it too. Yeah, man, this would be a great win though. And, and they're in the back of my head, this weird wacky game or season, I should say in general, not just with us, but cause we came out looking pretty good after that damn loss and we won four in a row and each one, we got a little better. So it's just, Iowa and Wisconsin this year are vulnerable. And that's what you're not going to have that every year, right? So you got to take advantage of those years. The problem is, you know, we're not yet there to where, you know, if we had the offense we had two years ago, mm. especially with those two wide receivers, I, I feel a lot more confident that we haven't even been able to keep a healthy wide receiver on the field. So any last words, sir? Uh, you know, if you had Mo, I feel a little bit more confident. Sure. Um. Because you need that kind of running back, you know, especially down in Iowa. Um, so yeah. I, I think that, the, you know, we've kind of forgotten that we lost Moan and we lost Potts. In fact, I forgot about Potts altogether when we were talking about it earlier. Um, and we're down to some new backs who are talented but are young. And, uh, you know, that's another reason why I just don't think we're going to get it done in Iowa. But, you know, stranger things have happened and we can – Actually, there is a road to victory down there. I just don't know if we can pull it off. I mean, they're just going to have – it's going to be grit, you know, and it's going to be a, like a 9-3 game where we win. And, yeah, seriously. And, uh, and, hey, that's fine. We'll take it. I mean, but uh, – Oh, yeah. And I would be very impressed if I see this line step up and, and push those guys around a little bit. I think that changed my ideas uh, entirely. But uh, until they do that, I'm going to stick with, with what I picked in Iowa. Yeah. I mean, I'm not changing my pick either. Um, but I think when we do find if maybe not this year, right. But if we do finally break through and get to the conference final, it probably will be what you're talking about. Like, uh, a late second field goal, you know, 16 to 13 or whatever, you know, it, it probably be will because Iowa, one thing about Iowa and Wisconsin, they've won a bunch of ugly games because that's what they do. And those fan bases don't look at it as ugly. You know, it's kind of like the Spurs, you know, like, hey, man, when they're winning championships, you can call them whatever you want. It's you don't like the style of play. Hey, they were getting it done, though. And that's how we're going to have to get it done, unfortunately. Um, I just it is a letdown because I know there's there's wide receiver talent. And some of that is uh, Morgan not being able to trust the young talent that they haven't had many reps or whatever, but also just not having Bell. I mean, when you can target them like 10 times a game. Good things are going to happen. All right, we'll be back next week. If we had a double dip, this might be a two-hour podcast next week. If we get a double dip, the positive way. Anyway, we'll be back next Monday. Peace.